0: Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together to hear your word. Father, I just thank you and praise you that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. And we just give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. Now, if you're offended by this joke, if you just laugh, nobody will know any different. My wife didn't really laugh, so I figure it's pretty funny. This guy came home from work one day with his best friend unannounced. And uh, he walked into the house and the wife said, uh, hello, what are you doing? She said, he said, oh, no worries, I bought my best friend for, um, that works with me for supper, unannounced. She goes off and she starts yelling and screaming, the kids aren't bathed and clean and, and the house sitting straight and I don't have anything planned for supper and have you lost your mind? And he said, trust me, it's for a reason. She was like, really, have you lost your mind? He said, well, no, not really, but he was talking about getting married and I promised him a demo. <laughs> like i said if you're offended you don't got to be you just laugh surely it wouldn't happen at your house if somebody walked in unannounced for dinner i'm sure y'all would all be gracious hosts not us okay <clears throat> so what we'll talk about this week is is um it's 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 amazing how god works but you know with the cal and Lacey announcement uh, we talking about giving, and then I didn't have any idea we were going to talk about the Cali thing. But we talk about giving, and this is not a um, this is not a, a plea for money. The church is not in any kind of financial stress. In fact, this is not even really a discussion on giving to the church. I mean, you, we we had a sermon not so long ago on tithing and how the importance of tithing and how it's your biblical duty. That's not included in this. We, we're talking about giving outside of that. Okay. Um, So if you will, if you'll start with me in the uh, Gospel according to Luke, um, chapter 6, and we'll start with verse 37. And Jesus is speaking and says, do not judge and you will not be judged, do not condemn and you will not be condemned, forgive and you will be forgiven. Uh, Verse 38, give and it will be given to you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap, for the measure you use it will be measured to you. So when we talk about giving, um, everybody's everybody's mind as soon as I said the word give, everybody's mind went to some monetary form, right? Probably the U.S. dollar, maybe a Bitcoin. I don't know, you know, whatever it's crypto. Some of y'all are looking at me like I've never heard those words before. It's okay. Some of us have, um, but I'm not necessarily talking about money. I, I am talking about money sometimes. Sometimes it is a necessary give of money. Sometimes the need in front of you is money, and money fixes stuff. Um, but I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about compassion. I'm talking about encouragement. I'm talking about uh, being there for somebody. And in a lot of times when we talk about being there for somebody, and I have this bad habit, and I'm getting more mature, and I'm getting better at it, sometimes the people are in trouble they don't really need you to say anything. They really need you to listen, and that's difficult. I'm a problem solver. I want You, you give me a problem, 2 plus 2 is 4. I got the answer. I don't need any. I want to help. I want to, prefer, prefer, bleh, I want to speak in English. I want to provide the solution for your problem, and that's not what most people want. In fact, almost never do people want the, the answer to the problem that they're telling you. And they might call you for advice, but when we give, we give of ourselves. Whether that's time to listen, whether that's compassion, whether that's showing up, whether that's fixing food with a loved one, whether that's whatever, you, you pick it up. But, but, but mostly you talk about money, right? And, and, you know, the people that are here, and, and you know, theoretically the people who are, are watching us on Facebook are some of the richest people in the world, right? comparingly right I mean the richest people of the world at any time ever in the history of the world the richest of the rich rich people in the world I mean you know not even a hundred years ago if you had talked about like I don't know indoor plumbing and electricity and air conditioning and refrigerators and cell phones none of those things existed in the richest of the rich folks I mean maybe a few people had some form of indoor plumbing so when we have what we have now Right, the, the, the means that we have unfortunately in a hundred years and this is not a bash session, okay? I just want us to understand where we're at. If you went back a hundred years ago and you were in trouble, I guarantee your neighbors showed up with, with food or firewood or help or helping the farm or whatever, right? We were not a very selfish nation a hundred years ago. I mean, Those folks, I mean, you know what, 100 years ago, we we, we just got out of World War I. I don't know, I'm not real good with history, right? Somewhere in that. But, I mean, we're getting ready to go into World War II. But the greatest generation of folks that's ever lived were getting ready to be born in in the 1920s, right? A hundred years ago, the most selfless, compassionate, patriotic folks that's ever lived in this country. Fast forward to the 2020s. And we are the opposite of that. Not we, the group in this room. We, the society that we live in, we are not selfless. We are selfish. We are stingy. We do not do a very good job helping folks. Now, we might tweet about it or put something on face page or we might say something about it. But I'm talking about actually showing up and helping. And, and that's really a tough thing to do. I'm going to get out of, I'm glad I didn't give you all the list of scripture because I'm already out of, um, I'm already out. Uh, hold on one second. Let me make sure I'm talking about where I'm talking about. Matthew. Nope, not that one. Yes, that one. All right. So if you, if you will turn with me to Matthew and, and I, I think this, I mean, this is a, a if you read that, if you read Matthew chapter 25, if you read it front to back, it is some serious stuff going on in Matthew 25. At 25, uh, Jesus talks about the second coming. He talks about the bridesmaids. He talks about the parable of lended money. He talks about final judgment, right? So, But if you will, 25, uh, verse 31, When the Son of Man in his glory and angels with him, he will sit on a glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd se- separates, separates sheep from goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed. My father, take your inheritance in the kingdom that I prepared before you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me something thirsty and you gave me something to drink and i was a stranger and you invited me in and i need a clothes and you clothed me and i was sick and you looked after me and i was in prison and you came to visit me and then the, the righteous will answer lord when did we see you hungry and feed you when did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink when did you we see you as a stranger and invite you in or need of clothing and clothe you When did we see you sick or in prison and and visit you? And the king will reply. Now, he's talking about himself, right? Truly, I tell you that whatever you do, man. This is not one of those sermons. For the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Now, who was his brothers and sisters? It's it's every human being that has accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. Um, Trace, I'm gonna pick on Trace. He he's just right here in the front. Before Trace was saved, was he our brother and sister? Nah. But did he have the opportunity to be? Oh yeah, he was just he was my brother. He just wasn't here yet. So before Philip was born, was he my brother? When mama was toting him around, was he my brother? I mean, he was at that point in time, right? He was, being deve- he was still in the oven, but he was being developed, right? And I was stuck in Betty Sheely's second grade class, and then Philip was loving in mama's womb. That's where we were at. But he was my brother. He just hadn't got here yet, right? So when we say we're doing it to the least of these brothers and sisters, how can you determine who those folks are? Because we're working in the biggest adoption agency that's ever lived ever, right? Our goal is to create more brothers and sisters. So if we see him thirsty, or we see him hungry or we see him naked or we see him sick, and we don't visit them or we don't tend to them or we don't help them, that's pretty tough. But you go, well, they weren't a Christian and they weren't a Christian yet. They weren't a Christian yet. I mean, where does the line stop? When does it stop? I mean, right, I mean, it <clears throat> in, in verse 25, Jesus is talking about a future time to where he's actually come back and he's sitting on a throne and he's dividing the church away from the folks that aren't the church, right? He's actually in the process of separating the folks out. But what happened if um, the day before Jesus came back that somebody found Jesus and, and confessed him with his mouth and believed in his heart and became a Christian? They, they, they went from the goat side to the, to the sheep side, right? So when we talk about the least of these, when Jesus is talking about the least of these, and, and I want you to know that the least is absolutely the bottom of the barrel, right? If you go into store and you want the least expensive item, it is the cheapest thing there, right? Or if you want somebody with the least experience possible, right? The least is the bottom of the barrel. It's not the greatest, it's the least. So what we have a hard time with in this world today, right now, is we really want to help folks that look like us and act like us and talk like us and walk like us that are the greatest of those. They might be having a tough time, there might be something going on, you know, they 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 lost a loved one. They 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 had a bad issue. Uh, something happened. Their house burnt down. Whatever. I know. You know. Some 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 tragic event. And we want to help those people, but are we really after the least? Do we really go after the least? And that's tough. And and I mean, introspectively, do we really help the people who need the most help? Now I'm gonna tell you, in this world today, right now, it is very difficult to give people money. Not, not, not folks that need, not, not the greatest of these, the least of these, the homeless, the folks that are on the side of the road, the people that are in a horrible situation, the drug addicts, the drunks, the people, those people, it's hard to give them money. It's hard to give them money. Why? Because it feeds their addiction, right? It's very difficult. In fact, y'all have no idea, but our church helps lots of people, lots, lots of people. If you have something tragic going on, our church is the first. In this area, you don't even have to live close. I mean, we, we, we tend to a lot of folks. We help a lot of people. But you know what we don't give? Hardly ever. What don't we give? Money. We don't hardly ever give money. And we'll pay your bills. We'll pay your house payment. We'll help you with medical bills. We'll tend to you. We'll feed you. But it's really difficult to give money. Why? Because it's corrupted. Now, I pray when I give people money, and I do give people money, when I give people money, I pray, Lord, I want you to take this money and do what you want to do with it. And I give it with a good heart, right? Because that's what I was led to do. And then I feel like I have been, and I, it's, it's, it's weird It's on the inside of me, right? I feel set free for whatever consequences that money causes. If I see somebody in in trouble and I feel like God wants me to give them money, and I give them money and I pray over and go, Lord, I want you to bless this money and I want you to do whatever you want to do with it. And then if they take it and go get high or drunk or whatever, some stupid something, it's not on me. I gave my money with a good heart and I did what I was supposed to do, right? Because I want to be the giver. I mean, look here. I don't care how you grew up, and, and listen, uh, real life's real life. If, if you grew up and, and you were dirt floor poor and you struggled to make ends meet, it's very difficult for those kinds of folks to be generous. It really is, because they are worried about the next time that it gets bad, right? But when we are in God's kingdom and we're talking about God's economy, there is no cap on God's economy. There is no recession in God's economy. And so when we are to give and to tend to people, the least of these, when we're supposed to take care of those folks, it doesn't make any difference. The, 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 the Cal and Lacey folks. There's not a better example of folks that are in the most dire circumstances ever. And I know I've told you this before, but maybe not everybody's heard it. <clears throat> when we take money for... And I'm going to try my best to be um, short on that. I don't want to tell anything that's not true. But for sure, when we take up money for Cal and Lacey, we don't give it to Cal and Lacey, right? And we don't give it to the kids. We buy them. They give us a Christmas list. And we take our money and buy them Christmas things. And look, I mean, there was a kid a couple years ago that wanted um, the collector edition Baby Blue Jordans. And they're like a grand, for the shoes, baby blue Jordan. She wanted, the, you know, tennis shoes, $1,000 tennis shoes. That's what that kid wanted. But on that same list, is socks, and underwear, and toothpaste, it's, it's amazing to see what they have. <clears throat> I mean, they say that they move in and out a, with a Walmart bag, right? Actually, they come there with absolutely nothing. They move out with a Walmart bag. So when we buy them stuff, when we donate money to Cal and Lacey, when we <clears throat> take our funds and help the least of those, we actually buy them jeans and shirts and shoes and belts and toilet paper. I mean, not toilet paper, and toiletries, right? And the stuff that they need, right? And I had somebody tell me that, you know, one of the people at Calvin Lacey was this or that or not nice or and. I, and it uh, hung up in my flesh for just a second and it was and i won't tell you what they told me because i don't even know if that kid's still there or not but it was something that i you know disagree with and for a second i caught myself going wait a minute are we doing the right thing helping these people and i'm like satan you're a liar i don't care what they're doing This is really not one of those sermons. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how they act. I don't care where they go. Now, do I want them to see Jesus? Oh, so much. But how do you show somebody what God looks like? I mean, I, I want you to pray for them. But if you go down and you list the next part of Matthew 25... And he talks about the people on the left, the goats, to depart from me because I was hungry and you didn't do anything, and I was thirsty and you didn't do anything, and I was naked and you didn't clothe me, and I was sick and you didn't visit me. He, he dismissed those folks. If you read all of 25, he, he, he told those people, depart from my sight. So it doesn't say, I want you to go tend to really good people. And I want you to be generous to really good people. It doesn't say that. <clears throat> it doesn't say, I think that you should seek out somebody that's really good and upstanding in the community and help those people. Now, I'm not saying those people might not—they might need help too. But Jesus is talking about the least of these. The bottom of the barrel. The worst of the worst. And I'm not saying the kids at Calamese are not. I'm just saying they have such a great need. Right? I'm not saying that they're the least of these. I'm saying they have a huge, tremendous... I mean, put yourself in their situation. Somewhere between 13 and 17 years old, you have absolutely no belongings, you have nobody that cares for you enough that wants you to live in their house, and you have to move into this halfway home of some sort to where the state and, and charities tend to you. That's pretty, a that's pretty rough situation. I mean, you, they don't got a friend good enough that you can sleep on their couch. I mean, you know, and you start talking about, like, I mean, all of the things. And If I had to move one of my kids out of my house, we would need a U-Haul with all of the junk that they have with the stuff and the, all the stuff. But it's amazing when they talk about the kids at Cal and Lacey, you know what they don't have? Pictures. They don't have any pictures. They don't have any school pictures growing up. They don't have any family. But they don't have nothing. They don't have nothing. So, all right, so that's the end of that. All right, the least of these. Uh, Second Corinthians. I did so good this week, let me tell you. I took all of my little stickers, right, and I was supposed to start up this one on the outside and then go to that one and then go to that one and then that one and then that one, right? They were in order. I set them all up where I would not get out of order. I went from here to there. (laughs) First scripture. What a good job I'm doing. 2 Corinthians, Um, chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mr. Chuck Dunning was one of the best examples of this ever, right? Mr. Chuck said growing up, he had a tough time with tithing and then he 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 got a hold of this verse and and it really hit home with him and and so if you remember him right mr chuck i hate Stephen's not here but when we would um, (coughs) granddaddy would or michael i guess michael would do announce the tithes and offerings or whoever anyway whoever was doing the announcements mr chuck would yell yeah and clap really loud and he said well he told me one time that he forced himself to do it for a little while Right? That fake it till you make it. That I'm really happy to give away my money. I'm so excited. And he really wasn't. But, I mean, he really wasn't. I mean, you know, he worked hard for his money. He was really not excited about giving away his money. But he wanted to be obedient to what God said. So as it went on, he became more excited about giving to other people or giving to the church. Right? <clears throat> I, I, I sometimes take it like it's a, it's a game. I, I actively look for folks to help. Like, I mean, I'm, lo- I'm looking. Lord, show me. I want to see who they are. I mean, some, some little, and, and, and I'm not telling you what I do or nothing else, but some little gal was behind me and Crystal in the lunch line Friday. She's a military girl, and she's all dressed, all sporty, and everything looks great. And about right here, her buttons stopped buttoning, and it went out and down. She was big pregnant. And I know those folks don't make a lot of money, right? And I'm standing in line, and um, I get to a little thing, and the guy was like, You got two? And I'm like, I got three. I got three. I want hers too. And so she's standing there waiting to order, and he, you know, ridiculously, he handed me, I guess he thought we were together, he handed me all three cups. I'm like, oh boy! Now I have her cup. I was going to walk away and wasn't going to talk to her, so I had to take the cup out and go here, sweetheart. I bought your lunch, and she got so upset. I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, it's a, it's okay. I just wanted to help you and thank you for your service. And and here's your cup. And she must have thanked me what four times before she left. I mean, like every time she walked by the table, thank you so much. And I'm like, sweetheart, it was a ten dollar pizza. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't bail you out of jail or anything. It was a ten dollar pizza. But I want to be that guy, I want to be someone who, who gives generously, who is looking for an opportunity to bless people. And, and look, do we make every shot? No. But man, we're looking for, we're actively looking for people to bless. Why? Well, I mean, that's—I mean, you know, I want to be where God wants me to be, but, but let's read that again. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will reap generously. I don't want to reap sparingly. I don't want to be in trouble or to be not in trouble. I, don't, I want my business to be blessed and my family to be blessed and my church to be blessed. I don't want to be on the sparingly part. I don't want to be counting out my pennies to make sure that I got... that. That's not where I want to be. And my God's economy does not work like that. He says he will supply all of my needs to his riches and glory. So if he says give, I want to give. <clears throat> I want to give a lot. I want to push the envelope. Push it. Why? Because I want to be, I want to be on the receiving end of that generously part. Um. Matthew, back to Matthew. I Think back to Matthew. Yep. Matthew chapter 6. And and this is something that, you know, I I struggle with a little bit. I don't want, because of my position, right? I I I struggle with this a little bit because I want to be a good example, but I don't want to be here. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That is the whole basis. Matthew 6 is the whole basis So you don't know who we help in this church. You don't know. You don't need to know. You don't want to know. We tithe into the church. The church helps the community. We receive the blessings. Thank God. We tithe into um, missionaries around the world. Thank God. I don't want to go. Y'all want to go to Haiti or Africa or the Dominican or to Egypt or Syria? I don't want to go to none of those places and preach the gospel. I will if that's what God tells me to do. But thank God he sent me to St. Stephen and not uh, anywhere else. But I think that's an important part of the gospel, and we give generously into those ministries. And the reason is, is because that's what we're supposed to be doing. So when you, I really try hard, like if I'm trying to give somebody something, I really try hard a lot of times to avoid any kind of contact with them, which is probably wrong. I need to tell them about Jesus. But I really, at that moment in time, I really try hard to avoid any kind of contact. If I'm helping somebody, I don't want them to know. If I pull up at, not Chick-fil-A because those people are crazy and you got to tell them your car style, body shape, whatever. But if I pull up at a Wendy's or something and I buy somebody's lunch behind me, I don't want them to know who I am. I drive off. I don't want them to know. I don't want any kind of reward from them because I want God to reward me for my generosity. When I help somebody, I'm, i look, here you go. And I, you know, try my best for them not to know what it is or any kind of a, anything, right? I do not want to be recognized on the street as somebody that, oh, well, he did such a good job. He helped so-and-so. That ain't none of your business. That's between me and God. But I, it, it says that when it doesn't, well, when you help the needy, oh, man, if I could find it. But when you give to the needy, not if, not if, not if you give to the needy, not if you give to the folks, not, not an if, it's a when. So if your sentence in, in, in chapter six says, if you give to the needy, then you have a problem. It should be when you give to the needy and you go, well, I don't have any money. Well, I don't have any. No, 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 no. Make them some cookies. Call them on the phone. Tell them how good a job they're doing. You don't know what your opinion means to folks. And then and we talked about last week about you shouldn't be worried about that, but it still work. It still works, right? People, especially if people are, are younger than you and, and less successful, they need encouragement. In, in Romans, uh, chapter twelve, verse three. <clears throat> Boy, I'm gonna get done in just a second. Romans twelve to thir- t- t- twelve three. He says, uh, For the grace that is given to me I say to every one of you, do not think more highly of yourself than ought to, but rather yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed each of you. Just as we are one body with many members, these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, though we are many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. And if it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So when we, you say, I don't have anything to give. You know, oh, no, no, you have, you have this. And look, and if you're young and able-bodied and you feel like you don't have anything to give financially, then show up and help them clean up their yard. Go take off their trash. Go tend to one. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, yeah, I understand. When, when, when Jesus is talking about the least of these, he, he, he's not talking about, um, you know, showing up and winning an award. He's talking about tending to folks. We did a, a, a hope repair one time, and it was a, it was in the quarters, right? Our, our softball team went and did it in the quarters. You don't know where the quarters are. You ain't been from here very long, but in the quarters. And we actually went and built a ramp in the quarters, horrible part of town oh man it was rough and we showed up and built a ramp for this lady house looked like it was gonna fall down but she had a nice sturdy ramp but it was not a fun experience for most i mean we we dug in the dirt and set posts and cut boards and nail boards now it was a softball team so when i let them run the nail gun they really thought that part was exciting as long as they didn't shoot each other they did okay but but it's not always glamorous when you show up and help somebody. It, it, it's not the trumpets glowing. It's not that. All right, got to get to the last scripture. Uh, um, 2 Samuel 24. In, in King David, and I won't read the whole scripture like I was planning on doing, but um, basically um, David was told to, to go and build an altar f- for the Lord, right, in a threshing floor. And and David showed up and said, hey, I need to buy your threshing floor because I need to build an altar to to, to offer this stuff to God. And the guy said, oh, my king, you can't buy it. I will give you whatever you need. You're the king. And David said in, in, in verse 24, it says, but the king replied, no, I insist on paying for it, for I will not sacrifice anything to the Lord or my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. I will not give anything to God that will not cost me nothing. So when we're talking about <clears throat> when we're talking about giving, this is I'm, I'm not talking about reaching in your, in your I don't even know if they still have them in new cars, but it used to be the ashtray, It was full of loose change. I'm not talking about reaching in your ashtray of loose change and giving it to somebody. I'm talking about reaching in your pocket with you're folding money. You know what I mean? The, 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 the green, one of them little crazy boys that was hung around with Caroline Savannah said the green dollars, them, them, the green ones. I'm talking about folding money. I will not give anybody anything that didn't cost me something. Now, I'm not talking about buying the little girls pizza now I mean that's $10 and I I will not see the difference in the $10 I'm talking about when you actually have somebody in need I want to give them something that cost me something why because the more valuable it is to me when I sacrifice it and give it to God the more generously it's going to be repaid now that's not always great motivation given to know that you're going to give something back However, I would rather play by God's rules and know that giving and it'll be given back to me than being stingy and so very stingily, and that's not a good word, not sowing very <laughs> generously than instead of sowing generously. I know that didn't really come across real good. I want to be a, a generous sower. I want there to be plenty of stuff in front of me. I want to be the, the rewards just keep coming. Every time something happens, you go, oh, that's just God paying me back. Well, you got this big job. That's just God paying us back. And what happens? It's a domino effect. The more I give, the more God gives me. The more God gives me. The more I give, the more God gives me. The more I give, and it just, I, you can't outgive God. And so every time the situation happens and it resets itself, and then I'm looking for more folks in, in different folks in different ways and different things, right? Now, oh, man, I'm past time. We're not talking about tithing. Like I said, this is not a tithing sermon. I'm not asking you to give more money to church. Look, the Bible clearly says in Malachi and a couple times in the New Testament that you're supposed to give 10% of your wage. That's what you're supposed to do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about giving to the least of these. The least of these. Praise God we have the opportunity and and the, the seed to sow to the least of these. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word, Father. We thank you for this word that it will go out and will not return void, Father. We pray that we will be cheerful givers, Father, that we will sow generously into your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.